Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. Before I introduce today's guest, I have three short housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like our content, the best way to support us is simply to like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode with your friends and family. Second, we are active investors ourselves and are always on the lookout for mobile home, RV, mixed-use commercial, and multifamily properties in MSAs with a population of 100,000 or more. So if you are also an active investor and have something you think we may be interested in, we would love to take a look. Send us the details of the deal at www.therealestateinvestingclub.com. Third, if you are a new investor and would like to learn how to get started or scale your real estate investing business, go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to check out our course. So without further ado, let's dive right in. We have a very special guest with us today, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. Right, and we are live. Today we have Zamir Kazi, CEO of Berkshire Property Holdings. And uh-oh, I did not prepare for this because there it is. Zamir, he also owns 2,000 apartment units with an additional 500 units under contact throughout the US. Zamir, thank you very much for showing up on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally be on the show. I'm doing Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to get us started, you know, I always start with tell us who you are, where you're from and how you got started in real estate in the first place. Sure. So uh, I'm Zamir Kazi, CEO of Berkshire Property Holdings. Um, as Gabe mentioned, we have about 2000 units uh, that we own currently. Another 500 contract, a little bit over $200 million uh, assets under management. Um, I'm from Florida, Orlando, Florida, um, with the mouse and uh, grew up there pretty much born and raised. Moved to Los Angeles five years ago. Um, never looking back. Love it out here. Um, started in real estate back in 2011, kind of on accident. Uh, didn't really know what I was doing. There was the market was you know ripe for the taking. Then um, ended up buying a twenty thousand dollar duplex in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, didn't know anything about real estate. Yeah, it was a foreclosure. <laughs> um, didn't know anything about real estate. I felt like the the vendors were. Um, being a little disingenuous and trying to charge us a little bit more than they were supposed to. So I went on YouTube and learned how to change a thermostat and a water heater myself. <laughs> uh, went down to Home Depot and the guys over there taught me everything, how to renovate everything on the inside. I made cabinets, I mean, you name it. Ended up doing it myself. Took a little bit too long, but uh, did, you know, learned a lot along the way and fixed that up, rehabbed it, rented it out, uh, and then bought the one next door. And then you know, next thing you know, we were moving up from $20,000 duplexes to... Sixty million dollar deals uh, over the course of nine years. So it's been a it's been a long road. Learned a lot. Um, been a bunch of bump, bumps in the road, but uh, you know I love it. Kind of fell in, and we were planning on it being a passive, passive income type uh, deal for us, and it turned into a full time job. So I love it. No, you know I hear that story. Um, you know many times on this podcast. You know that they, they they had nothing. They didn't know what real estate was. You know getting into it, they just bought one house and then it turned into, you know, 2000 units later, it's a full-time gig and you're, you're loving every step of the way. So i um, glad you fell into it. Glad you're here with us today. Uh, so I just kind of want to go back to your story. It's awesome. You started um, in Florida and you bought a duplex for 20,000. Um, it was, that was foreclosure. Did you go to the auction steps or? 
foreclosure no it was just an reo came through uh, a broker who's one of my best friends going up and he's like hey man i think you know this is a really good deal you should buy this i was like well i don't know anything about real estate he's like yeah but i think you'll do well you know where are you going to find a twenty thousand dollar duplex i was like you're right so then we bought it. <laughs> what uh what market was that in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, it's you know a small small town. It's a small citrus town in between Tampa and Orlando. Oh, nice. Okay, so that's good. It's kind of you know squished between two large MSAs. Um, yeah, kind of got that bolstered up. And do you still own that today, or is it? Uh, have you sold that off? Thank God we sold it. Yeah, we uh, got rid of it. It was a, it was a management nightmare. Um, but we we probably sold it three years after we bought it. Um, nice. Very nice. Awesome. I mean, since then you've gone, you know, one duplex and then another, um, the one next door, it sounds like you just bought that right up. Um, and at that point you, you know, you, we fast forward to today where you have uh, soon to be 2,500 units. Um, there's a huge gap there though. So kind of take us, um, how did the development start? You know, we have a lot of people listening and watching who are just getting started. They, they just bought their first single family, their first duplex. Um, and they have their, their goal on that 2000, you know, 1,000 plus units. Um, so kind of tell us the progression uh, for, for your own company. Yeah, so I think when we first started, um, this is probably something that I would have done differently, but you know, we, we started off, bought the $20,000 duplex cash, right? Um, renovated it, increased value, and then proceeded to do a refinance, pulled out cash from that property, uh, and then took that cash and started buying other properties, right? And did the same thing. So we buy the next place cash, uh, renovated it, refinanced it, took that money, bought the one next door to that, or another place, another another duplex or quadplex, and just kind of kept kept doing that. Right as we increased value, we refinanced and used leverage to our advantage. Um, but you know, I think I think uh, one one thing that everyone could do is as they buy, you know, their properties if they can afford to do so is take your cash flows from that property, save it, and then use it as a down payment to buy another one. You know, um, now I understand a lot of people probably can't do that, but if you can, it, it's an easy way to jumpstart your 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 journey and, and get to where you want to be over the future. And I think beyond that is is you know keep keep a solid uh, track record, right, and and keep your numbers on what you've been able to do, what your returns have been. And if you can document that properly, it's easy to go out and raise money um, from third parties, you know, whether it be friends and families or syndicate deals or, or, uh, or whatnot. Awesome. I love it. Um, so you're actually, you're the first person that's been on who's, uh, who suggested not doing the burr um, and instead uh, just taking on the cash flow. I actually, I, I like that idea. I think it, it makes, um, it makes sense, uh, you know, to an extent. And so in what situation do you just, uh, would you suggest people doing that across the board or, um, it sounds like, I mean, Burr is a very pop popular strategy these days, but you know, when you do that, you have, you know, you have a, a high mortgage again, you have this, this payment that you need to be covering. And so your cash flow is much less. Um, so kind of tell us what, why do you think, uh, one is better than the other? So, you know, I, I think we were, we had the, uh, the flexibility of doing so because I had a, a job, you know, at the same time yeah. as investing. So the cash flow coming from the properties wasn't as important to me uh, because I, I still had a primary source of income. You know, so now if you're if this is your primary source of income, then you know limiting your cash flows could be a problem, uh, and you may need to take a different step. But for for us, that was the right way moving forward. Gotcha. That makes sense. 
Um, and then again, you also mentioned uh, you need to measure your KPI, measure the, 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 the indicators that are actually moving you forward. So when you guys are doing that, which ones are you tracking um, you know, year over year, month over month? Look, I think uh, as far as metrics go, for us, NOI is the biggest metric, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then our vacancies, occupancy, um, as far as measured you know, renovations go, uh, but I think the biggest biggest is NOI because you want to make sure your income is is greater than your expense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, it sounds like you guys have done quite a few deals. I think it was thirty six that I read on that sheet. Um, so it means you, I mean you've had plenty of deals come your way. So what is the best way that you guys have found to uh, to generate leads? Um, do you guys do off market marketing? Do you mostly go through brokers? Um, what's the way that you guys use? You know, finding deals uh, is really hard these days. Um, so we, we get them as any way we can get them. So uh, whether that's through broker relationships, you know, we have a team of acquisitions guys that we, we, we bring in, in the markets that we're looking for because they tend to have better relationships in that market. Um, but then on top of that, we, we personally do a lot of marketing direct to operators um, and owners and just, you know, just, just having normal conversation, you know, something like as, as simple as in the, during the pandemic, you know, reaching out and just saying, Hey, how are you guys doing? How's your portfolio doing? Um, how are you, what, what, what steps are you taking to, to get through this? And I think that starts a dialogue and, uh, you know, then while you're asking these types of questions, maybe they have something that's struggling or they want to sell and we're able to, to get some off market, um, transaction. So, you know, we, it's, it's a mixture of, of off market and broker. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of want to um, echo that for everybody, for anybody listening is uh, it's amazing how many times, um, you know, you, you start building a relationship with the seller. I mean, you just keep tabs with them. They may not, may not be ready at that moment, but maybe a year, a year down the road, they're ready. And then they also are ready to sell two additional properties that you had no idea about. Um, so building those relationships with the seller on top of the brokers is uh, it's surprising what can actually come out of the woodwork there. Yeah, you know, obviously you'd much rather do deals directly with the seller um, versus than going through a marketed deal. So, yeah, just, just you know, I, I think real estate's a relationship business. So the, the more you can keep in contact with people, the better. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, moving on a little bit from uh, from you guys' individual business right now. I mean, I guess it still relates, but, um, you know, we're, there's a lot of talk about which markets are are going to be working going into the future. Um, you know, with people doing a lot more work from home, et cetera. What do you see when it comes to uh, markets that, you know, hot markets, things that, wh- where are you guys looking to put your dollars um, coming up into the future? Um, you know, we, we like a lot of secondary markets. Um, I think especially now, uh, I feel like places like San Francisco are going to probably soften where a lot of these guys don't have to be in Silicon Valley and you can work from anywhere. So, um, but we when we buy properties, we're demographic driven. Um, so as long as there's population growth, rent growth, income growth, job growth, um, those are all markets that we like. Uh, so if people are moving in, you know, to a certain state or, or a city from other, other places and all throughout the country, you know, we, we tap into why that is, right? Is it, a, you know, and, and are these fun places to live? Why, what, besides, you know, maybe jobs, why, what's another reason why people would want to live in these places? And if there are other metrics that play into that, then those are all markets that we like. But currently we're invested in, you know, Florida, Central and North Florida, um, Atlanta. I have a bunch of stuff in Atlanta. We have a bunch of stuff in Dallas and um, Texas, throughout Texas as well. But we like, you know, we like the Carolinas. We like Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico. Sunbelt. Sunbelt. We're Sunbelt guys. 
I love it. Um, although it sounds like you guys are having a little bit of a rough time, a rough go at it right now down with, uh, especially in Florida, it sounds like um, things are things are getting kind of uh, kind of tough, but I'm sure you'll come out the other side, uh, other yeah. side of that okay. Um, so moving on uh, one more time, I, I love hearing experiences from, from investors. I mean, you've had plenty of experience, so I'm sure you have some good stories. Um, take us to one of the, one of the moments, one of the deals maybe where things just kind of, kind of came out of the woodwork and uh, caught you by surprise. And what was the big lesson that you learned from that one? So, you know, I guess it's kind of hard to pinpoint one exact moment. I'll tell you, there was a deal. This is probably one of the worst, I guess, experiences that I had now considering the, the market that we're in uh this is probably back in 2015 there was a deal this is when hard money wasn't even a thing you know putting down a non-refundable deposit was it was an afterthought you know and i had a deal under contract great deal it would have been our biggest deal at the time it was an eight million dollar deal um and we were going through the dd process and our you know the lender wanted a bunch of bunch of financials and the seller's like look this is costing me a lot of money out of pocket i need you to give me 10 grand non-refundable I was like, there's no way I'm giving you $10,000 on refundable. This is insane. And uh, so I didn't do it. I pulled out. Right. And then the guy, the guy, the guy after me came and bought the deal, gave this guy non refundable money. And then probably six months after he ended up refinancing at $13 million from the $8 million purchase price. It was a $5 million hit that I, my, my, my reluctance to give up 10 grand cost me 5 million bucks. So now, now since then, we're we're the deal we're under contract. I put a million dollars hard, not refundable. And now looking back, it's like shit. I'm I'm giving a million dollars now, and ten grand was hard to swallow back then. And I wish I, I wish I would have. So <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, though, right? <laughs> awesome. Um, so tell us, you know, real real estate's a roller coaster. You got your ups, you got your downs. Um, that was a that was a rough experience that you went through, but you you got the lesson on the other side of that one. Um, what is it that brings you up every day? Like what uh, what gets you going about real estate? What do you still love about it? Uh, you know, it's it's something that it brings. It's never the same. Every deal is so different, you know. And and every you learn something new on every deal. You know, we've we've done. I've done over thirty deals. Every deal has been extremely different from the rest. And you just learn every you learn something new from every single deal you do, and you think you know it all until the next deal comes along and something new comes up, and you're like, I've never dealt with this before. But and, and I think that's just something that I really love about this industry is that it's it's never a dull moment, and it's always a learning experience, and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I always feel like I know what I what I'm doing when I go into a deal, and then I'm like, oh crap, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't feel like a newbie again. So. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a learning experience. That's for sure. Um, okay. Going into the end of the show here, uh, we do try to keep these around 20 to 30 minutes. So, um, so we're going to go into some quick questions. The first one being, um, you know, you've been in this for, let's see, you started 2011. So nine years now. Um, you know, if you could go back to Zamir who just bought that duplex, um, out there in Florida and give him one piece of advice going forward in real estate, what would that be? You know, back, back then, uh, with it being 2011, I would have said, hey, buy as much stuff as you can and buy everything. Because at that point in time, you know, you could have closed your eyes and pointed your finger on a map and whatever you bought was going to appreciate and, and, and do really well. So, uh, you know, I think I think the, the one thing I would have done a little bit differently is tried to scale or use leverage a little bit differently where we were buying deals all cash uh, and then refinancing. Um, I think at that time, you know, that $20,000 that I put down all cash, I could have use leverage and bought a hundred thousand dollar building or property. And again, doing bigger deals. I think, you know, uh, 
it's easy. It's just as hard or easy, easy to do a bigger deal as it is a small deal. So if you can, I would do bigger deals than, than smaller ones. Yep. I love it. So, uh, so leverage up as, as quickly as you can while still being, um, reasonable and ri- and risk conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Don't over lever. Yep. Um, okay. Next one, you know, we all get our, our information from some places. A lot of times it's YouTube. A lot of times the internet, most of the times it's books though. Um, so, if you could give two book recommendations, one for business real estate and then one for just any book whatsoever that you love, uh, what would those be? So there, there's a book um, on investing from Bigger Pockets that was probably the first real estate investment book that I read. I think it's Brandon Turner wrote that book. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's a Bigger Pockets book. It helped me a lot as far as just learning how to invest in real estate and all the different avenues, whether it's wholesaling or buying direct or, or syndicating deals. I think there's it's a lot of good information on that book. Um, but uh, that's one on the real estate side. I think two, just in general, I think for me, a book that I really love is called Shoe Dogs by Phil Knight. Uh, it's a memoir by Phil Knight, who was the founder of Nike. Um, just tells a great story about, about uh, you know, kid just coming from nothing and building this company. And I guess uh, so, someone really didn't know or have a plan on what to do, but, just kind of figured it out along the way. And, and um, I think, you know, that's, some, that's something I can relate to where we never in our wildest dreams would have imagined that we would be at 2000 units today. Um, and we would take on projects that I had no idea how I would close, um, but we take them on and we just somehow figure it out. So it's something, something I can definitely relate to. Awesome. I love that. I'll, I'll have to check that one out. Shoe dogs by Phil Knight. Um, and I think the Brandon Turner one you were talking about was, uh, it's, I think it's called the book on real on investing in real estate with nowhere low money down. Is that the one you're talking that's about? It. Yeah. That's nice. the first, first book I read in real estate. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> one. Good job, Brandon. If you're listening to this, um, you also real quick, you mentioned wholesaling. Uh, how, how many did, were you guys in wholesaling, um, in the beginning or did you go straight to rentals? No, we didn't, we didn't do any wholesaling. Um, I did, I, so I use some of the wholesaling tactics to generate deals for myself individually. Like I, you know, at one point I did um, buying single family homes and we did a bunch of yellow letters uh, and I got the, the tactics and the direct marketing from the book, uh, but didn't do any wholesaling. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it seems like the, the entry fee for, uh, for investors these days to do a wholesale and then get the fee for $5,000. Everybody I talked to for some reason, their wholesale, their first wholesale was $5,000. And then, uh, even me, it was 5,000 bucks. I don't know wow. what, what the deal is. Um, awesome. So, uh, I, first of all, I really appreciate having you on, um, Zamir. Thank you very much for coming here. And I'm sure everybody listening and watching, uh, they enjoyed it as well. Um, so, you know, you've given us a lot of wisdom. So if someone were to bring you anything, be it a lead on a multifamily deal, anything like that, what would you want to receive? Um, look, we're, we're looking for, uh, any multifamily deals value add throughout the Southeast or Southern belt States, 150 units plus. If anyone has anything out there, we're always looking to buy and, uh, um, you know, that, that'd be, that'd be the best gift ever. Awesome. And, uh, if somebody did want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can find my in- contact info at our website, which is www.berkshirepropertyholdings.com or on LinkedIn. Um, uh, Zamir Kazi is my uh, email, my LinkedIn handle. There you go. So if you want to get in contact with Zamir, um, Berkshire Proper- Property Holdings. Uh, and then I will also put his uh, LinkedIn URL in the show notes so you can click through there um, to get in contact with him. 
Um, so again, Zamir, thank you very much for hopping on here. For everybody who here, who's here with us today, thank you guys for joining us on this journey. Um, again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share with your friends and family. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Appreciate you having me. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.